Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Today, as we gather on Christmas Eve morning, we are going to be wrapping up a series we began a number of weeks ago called Mary's Christmas, where we have been treasuring the birth of Jesus from the perspective of his mother. And we've seen that all month. And you know, Luke in his gospel in chapter 2 and verse 19 tells us that Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured up these things about the birth of Jesus. And I believe Mary shared those things with Luke who then recorded them so that you and I might treasure them as well. And so all month long, we have been looking at the story of Christmas from Mary's perspective. And we're going to continue that today by looking at Luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 and some verses that detail what happened happened right after Jesus was born and who came to visit him in Bethlehem. Now, before we do that, though, I want to just ask you all a question. How many of you all are impacted by the Christmas season? You know, this time of year, you're, you're, you find your, your heart just moved a little bit. You, you find your, maybe your schedule moved a little bit, but your life is just a little fuller this time of year as we celebrate Christmas. Well, you have that experience, I have that experience, uh, but also certainly Ebenezer Scrooge had that experience, didn't he? I mean, Ebenezer was visited by three different ghosts. The ghost of, help me, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas, and the ghost of Christmas. And these three ghosts came and visited Ebenezer Scrooge in the fictional story, A Christmas Carol, and they helped Ebenezer be moved by the spirit of Christmas, and his life was never the same after that. And you know, you and I probably have not been visited by ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. If it has, come down and hang out with me after the service. I'd love to hear the story. But at this time of year, the spirit of Christmas does visit us. You know, at this time of year, maybe we're a little more generous. You know, we began the service talking a little bit about Mission Norman and the opportunity to reach out in our community with generosity and to share gifts Maybe you've been moved by the spirit of Christmas in that way. Or maybe you're moved by the spirit of Christmas a little bit more in a religious direction. You know, you, you attend church this time of year. This is the time of year that you make sure that you're, you or your family or your extended family come and go to church together. Or, or maybe it's this time of year that, that you're a little more into family and you think about your family and your loved ones a little more. But, you know, we are often moved or impacted by the spirit of Christmas. But here's the question. Are we moved in the right way? In other words, if God wants us to get something out of this time of year, this season, this remembrance of Jesus' birth, are we moved in the right direction? Are we remembering the right things? To say it another way, if we were to be visited today, which is my prayer that the Holy Spirit would visit us, not just the spirit of the season or the age, but God himself, if God himself were to come and to communicate to us about Christmas, how would he want us to be moved? This morning, I want us to look at that, and I want us to look at it by looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Because in those verses, it wasn't the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future in a fictional story, but in the true historical event of the birth of Jesus, we have a multitude of angels 
that showed up and visited a group of shepherds and let them know how God intended them to be moved by the birth of Jesus. And I believe this story was treasured by Mary and preserved for you and I so that we might be moved by it as well this morning. So I want to read for us Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, very famous verses about the birth of Jesus. And then after I read them, I want us to go back and, and look at them a little more in depth and find out how you and I might be able to respond today. So that's the plan. Let me read those verses for us. They'll be on the screen behind me, but also if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Verse 8 happens right after the first few verses of chapter 2 where Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem and Jesus is born. And it says that in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased." And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, friends, in these few verses that we just read, we're going to see four things that I think God wants us to see and hear and understand as we think about how we are to be moved in light of Christmas. The first thing I think we need to remember and think about is that this story is a story of good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. See, the angels showed up to the shepherds, and when they did, the shepherds were scared. Now, again, I, I've made this point before, but this is really important for us to think about. You know, we oftentimes think that angels just show up to shepherds in fields because we're so familiar with this story. I mean, of course they showed up. It was Christmas Eve. They're shepherds. They're in the field. Angels showed up. That's just the way it works. But that's not the way it worked. As a matter of fact, this is a very unique event. It happens only here in history that we know of where a multitude of angels showed up and visited a group of shepherds at night. And they're out there at night, and they're out there in the dark. You can imagine if you were camping in the dark someplace, a number of you kids go to the father-son or father-daughter camp out, and you're out there at night, and you're camping, and it's dark, dark. And suddenly, it goes from dark, dark to light, light. And it's not that somebody showed up with a big lantern or uh, candles, but the sky is lit up by the glory of God. The glory that had left in Ezekiel's day showed back up that night. It illuminated the area, and the shepherds were scared. They're wondering, hey, what is happening? Are these angels coming to harm us? Are they coming to be the angels of bad news? 
But no, what do the angels say to him? Hey, guys, don't fear. We didn't come to give you bad news. We came to give you what? Good news of great joy. That's what the, the angels showed up to give to the shepherds. Now, what is this good news of great joy? Well, when we look at the passage, we find out that it has something to do with the glory of God. I mean, the angels open their mouth and they say, glory to God in the highest. In other words, whatever the angels are getting ready to say is going to make God look awesome. And you know what? The angels would know, wouldn't they? The angels had been around for longer than humans had. They had witnessed the the creation of the world. They they saw it created and they said, that was awesome. But you know what? The angels in this moment are saying, there is something that's getting ready to happen that's even cooler than the creation of this world. There is something that's getting ready to happen that will give glory to God in huge ways. The angels said that. But not only did they say that this amazing thing was going to happen that was going to give glory to God, but that amazing thing that was going to happen was going to bring peace. It was going to bring peace on the earth. Now, this idea of peace is a very important idea in the Bible. It, the, the Hebrew word that sits behind it is the word shalom. It means more than the cessation of hostility. It means the summation of God's blessing. It means there's getting ready to be something happening that's going to make God look great, but it's going to be incredibly good for you and me. The blessings of God are getting ready to be poured out on humanity. This peace that is coming, the blessing of God that is coming. And you know, when we think about this this peace that is being offered, it's not like the peace that the world gives. You know, there's this famous thing in history called the Pax Romana the peace of Rome. And from 27 BC on, there wasn't a worldwide war, that there had been some kind of peace established in Rome. But the Pax Romana was not something, even in its day, that people recognized as all that great. As a matter of fact, the first century philosopher Epictetus, I guess, I don't know, some of you can correct me between services, um, But this is what he says. He says, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. See, the peace that was being offered at the birth of Jesus was not just the kind of peace that we knew. It was something even better than that. J.C. Ryle said this. He said, the spiritual darkness that covered the earth was about to be rolled away. The way of pardon and peace with God was about to be thrown open to all mankind. The knowledge of God was no longer confined to the Jews, but was an offer to the whole Gentile world. The first stone of God's kingdom was about to be set up. If this was not good news, there were never good tidings that deserved the name. This is good news of great joy that is coming. Now, friends, as you gather today, do you want some good news? I mean... We're living around bad news, aren't we? In our family, in our world, I mean, we're just bombarded with bad news. Don't you want some good news? This says that Christmas time is a celebration of good news of great joy. Well, who's it for? If it's good news of great joy, who, whose name is on that tag? Well, the angels tell us. It's for all the people. It's for all the people. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
Now, this is, this is huge, right? And it's underlined by who the angels gave that message to. The angels come and they give their message to the shepherds. Now, again, our bias because of our familiarity with the story is to say, well, of course they came to talk to the shepherds. But if we were to strip our biases and our familiarity out, we would remember that this was quite shocking, that of, out of all of the people on the earth, that the angels would come and invite shepherds to go and visit Jesus. Now, why would they do that? Why shepherds? Why people that were considered ceremonially unclean? Why, why people that, that worked seven days a week so they, they couldn't, they, they violated the Pharisees' idea of the keeping of the Sabbath and they had to handle animals and, and dead animals and those kinds of things. They were, they were not someone that was respected inside of their society. They were somebody that was, especially in religious circles, was pushed towards the outside. Why did the angels appear to the shepherds? Well, let's think about this for a moment. There were two groups of people that got a special invite to visit Jesus. The first group were the shepherds. We see that in Luke 2, but some discerning person out there, who else is around your nativity set at home? This is a real question. Come on, who else is around your nativity set? The wise men or the magi, right? And we find out about them in, in Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew 2, the, the, the magi are invited to come. And, and here's what you have in these two groups. You have shepherds who are outcast inside of Israel, and you have magi who are Gentiles from faraway lands, and they form somewhat of a parenthesis. In other words, if shepherds and magi are included in the invitation to come to Jesus, guess who else is included in that invitation? You and me. It was very intentional that this invitation went out. It underscored what the angel said. Jesus' birth was this good news of great joy. It was for all the people. And guess what, friends? That includes you and me. My guess is that there is at least one person here today that thinks that this good news of great joy is for some of the people. And that some of the people includes maybe many, but doesn't include you. Because you think, what I've done, where, where I've spent my time, my life, the family I'm from, it's on the outside of me. I grew up Muslim, so this isn't for me. I grew up Hindu, so this isn't for me. I grew up in a non-Christian family, so this isn't for me. It's great that you Christians have this story, but it's for some of you. Or even if you grew up in a Christian home, it's not for me because I didn't memorize all the verses in Awana, or I didn't have perfect attendance at vacation Bible school, whatever it is. We develop this pattern of thinking sometimes that says that the good news of great joy is for some of the people, but that's not the story of Christmas. The story of Christmas is that it is good news of great joy for all of the people, including you and me. If you're hearing my voice, this news is for you. Well, this good news of great joy that is for all the people, what does it center on? What does it hinge on? It centers on the baby that was born. It centers on the Savior. Jesus Christ. We see this in the story. It's, it's the focus. The angels can't stop singing about it. It's who they tell the shepherds to go see. They say that in Bethlehem, there is a baby, and that baby is the one who will bring the peace that is promised. If we want that peace, if we want that blessing, it's not found just any old place. It's found through the one that was born in Bethlehem. Now, let's think for a moment about that one who was born. 
The angel tells the shepherds that they are to find this child, that the identifying thing to find this child was that he would be laid in a manger or a horse trough. They said, go find the child who's laying in the horse trough, and when you find the child that's laying in the horse trough, then you'll know you found the right one. Now, this is an important thing for us to think about. They didn't say, go and find the child that is not crying, that no crying he makes. If you find the child that no crying he makes, you found the Savior of the world. No, they didn't say that. Why? Because I think Jesus probably cried when he was hungry. And they didn't say, go find the child that has the halo above his head. Because he didn't have a halo. They said, go find the child that is laying in the horse trough. Now, why was that an appropriate symbol? Well, it was an appropriate symbol because, friends, guess what? There's only one child in Bethlehem that was laying in a horse trough. Now, think about that. Why could they find Jesus based on that? It's because there's only one child that was lying there. Because to put a child in a horse trough was not normal. It was a sign of poverty. It was the sign of a lack of resources. It was the sign of, of even disrespect in some ways. And yet Jesus humbled himself so much that he came to this earth and was born not in a palace, but was laid in a manger. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9 says it this way, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. He was laid in a horse trough, friends, but don't let the horse trough fool you. He had access to all of the riches, but he chose to humble himself in his entry into humanity. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7 says that Jesus is the Lord of glory. He is that. He has been that eternally and forever. And yet the Lord of glory, Philippians 2 tells us, emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Don't let the horse trough fool you. It is God that was there. It was God that showed up. The reason why the good news of great joy had any kind of meaning is because it wasn't just somebody else. It wasn't just a special kid. It was the Son of God. Only he could bring the salvation and the hope and the peace that we wanted. Now, it goes beyond that. Don't let the horse trough fool you, but also don't forget what the shepherds did. Now, let's think about this for a moment. The shepherds outside of Bethlehem minded sheep, but what sheep did they mind? You know, it was known that the sheep that were kept between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, just a short distance, those sheep were being raised as ceremonial lambs to be sacrificed at the Passover. And so the shepherds that are called to visit the manger are people who are used to caring for sacrificial lambs. How special it is when they show up that they are not just visiting a ceremonial lamb like those that they had been watching, but they are visiting the Lamb of God who would one day take away the sins of the world, as John the Baptist would say in John 1, 29. 
See, you and I, the reason why God can provide us peace through Christ is because you and I are sinful people, and because of our sin, we are separated from God forever. Our only hope is for God to provide a sacrifice that would make it possible for us to be forgiven. God provides that sacrifice through his son when Jesus was born and was raised and lived his life perfectly and then ultimately gave his life as a sacrifice on the cross so that you and I might have the death that our sins deserve placed on Christ, and you and I might be forgiven. Friends, that's the hope of the gospel. That's the reason why there's good news of great joy at Christmas time. That's the reason why all the people might be given this offer. It's because of who was in the horse trough. It was God himself who would offer his life as a sacrifice for our sins. The rich became poor so that we might become rich through him. Good news of great joy for all the people, the Savior that was to be born. But here's where we need to go next. What we need to go next with this is what will we do with this information? What will we do with the info? I mean, we are here today. We are hearing about the reality of who Jesus is. We're in the midst of Christmas time. We're reading these stories. What will we do? And I think we find an example in the shepherds. We find an example in the shepherds because the shepherds were people like us who received some information from God through angels. The angels showed up and they told the shepherds that there was a baby they needed to go check out. They had information that they received that that baby would be the savior of the world. Not only did they receive some information, but they believed it to be true. They, they received it, and they believed it. They, they took it to heart. You know, they, they didn't question it. It said that they, they decided to get up and go because they believed the information that they heard. And, you know, again, we hear that, and we think, well, of course they did. They were shepherds. That's what they did. They sat in fields. They were visited by angels, and they went and visited babies and horse troughs. That's how we think the story is supposed to go because that's how it went. But that wasn't normal. They didn't just receive the info, but they believed it. And they believed it so much they took action consistent with it. They went and sought out the child. It said they looked for him until they found him. The, the, the original language there is, is clear that they didn't necessarily find him in the first try. They had to put forth some effort. They went house to house looking for somebody who had the light on. And there was a baby in a horse trough. You have a baby? Yes? Is it in the bed? Okay, not the right house. They went to the next place. You have a baby? Yes. Horse trough? Yes. Okay, we found our guy. They received info, they believed the info, and they took action that was consistent with that belief. Friends, as we gather here today, I think that God is asking us to do a similar thing. Friends, as we gather here today, we have received info from God. Now, this, this info that we have received from God is, did not come through angels. It did not come through angels. It, it came just through uh, the agency of, of the, the Word of God and in, in through, in through me speaking it today. And this may be a message that you have heard before. It may be a message that you're hearing today for the first time. But as you're hearing this message today, you're receiving some info that is identified and highlighted that Jesus is the Son of God. What will you do with that? Will you believe that information? 
Will you embrace it in faith? Not just something that, that you heard, but something that you take to heart? You know, for many in this room, that is something that has happened. You have received this info and you have believed it and you began a relationship with God years ago. But if you are here today and you have never done that, then know that 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 is an offer that is available to you by God. That there's an opportunity for you to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins today. And not only to, to hear that and to believe it, but, but also then to take some actions that are consistent with that. You know, if we believe that there is a, sa- a sovereign son of God who came and died for our sins and that that offer is for all the people, what would we do with that information? Would we hang on to it and just treasure it ourselves or would we share it with others? I believe we would also share it with others, right? And that's exactly what the shepherds did. The shepherds did not just take this information and cling to it. They took this information and they shared it with others so that people even centuries later, like you and I, might receive this same information as well. Friends, we're gathered here today and we're visited by the Holy Spirit speaking through the Word of God and inviting us to be moved by the child who was born in Bethlehem. How will you respond today? Friends, while you are reflecting on that and thinking about your your personal response, I want to pray, and and after I pray, our worship team is going to come back out, and they're going to sing over us uh, another song, just while we're seated, while we're reflecting, a song that, that talks about Mary and her thoughts as she was moving towards the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. And as this song is sung, that you might realize that God is moving you along in your relationship with him as well. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to worship today. And thank you for the power of your word. Father, we pray that you would just guide each of our hearts today, that as we are visited by the Holy Spirit and as you are working in our, each of our souls and hearts that, Father, each of us would be trusting in Jesus, that like the shepherds, we would not just receive this information, but we would believe it, and not only would we believe it, but we would act upon it. And, Father, I pray that if there is anyone in this room that has never placed their faith and trust in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, that today might be the day that they do so that they would understand that this message is for them, it's for all the people, that they might trust that the baby born in Bethlehem was the Lamb of God who took away their sins. We thank you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. 